Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. So, Father, we just say thank you for the birth of your son, Jesus. 2,000 years ago, you were born. You were made manifest on this planet. And uh, we're so thankful for that. Um, It was like humanity is always um, trying to... Okay, so I've got a bunch to say. I might have to preach tonight. Is that all right? And I'll just abbreviate what I've got to say this morning. And God apprehended me. I had a word, but I'll get some of it out and then I'll round it off with something that I think heartfelt that we need to do as a church of prayer. The Bible says the church is a house of prayer. One of the key things that, I, that I've always realized is that through any major event, like the event of yesterday morning, was it for us? Was it when we, um, that you can't dodge and weave that. It affects you. You're sitting in the reality of it. And one of my pet peeves is to maybe go to a church or go to, I've been in conferences and the barley bombings went off and we, we hardly even mentioned it. I mean, the, the barley bombs, you know what I mean, all those years ago. And I'm just waiting for the first uh, session to maybe pray and... <laughs> process this thing but the show must go on in some circles and I I dislike that I think we need to resolve matters and I'll try and do that at the end of this sermon all right and uh, so I'm not going to be too long this this morning wasn't last week great it was awesome this message I got from just this phrase um, kept on going through my mind Uh, The Word became flesh. Say, the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, in a manger. A baby was born, like this little one, through the looking through at Candace's tender little child. And uh, amen. And um, awesome. And... um, you know, we could look at Jesus and think he's cute. And the, um, in his day, some looked at him and thought he was a, a prophet, uh, a great teacher. Some thought he was a king. And, um, but at the end of the day, he is. He is the king of kings, the king of glory. And as you behold him like that, Uh, As you behold the Son of God, uh, you know, the Bible says the the apostles were changed because they beheld the glory of God. The the scribes, the rulers, the lawyers, um, the, the, the ones that followed him, the crowd, they didn't actually behold the glory of God. Judas didn't behold the glory of God. Otherwise, he wouldn't have turned him in. But there were 10 uh, disciples, uh, apostles that beheld him 
And it says, we beheld the Lord. And it says they were transformed from that. They were actually transformed. So it's when you behold Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our King of glory, it's when you actually behold Him that it actually changes you, transforms you. Religion won't do that. And man has done a good job over the centuries, over the, the years of formulating religions to try and fill this gap within us by making images, false images of who God is. New Age say it's a force. The Hindus, I'm not sure, they've got many faces of who they reckon God is. But our God made it very explicitly clear 2,000 years ago when the Word became flesh, God dramatically presented Himself without any shadow of a doubt that this is me. I am God. This is my Son who I'm well pleased and He will show forth the glory. He will live an exemplary, exemplary life. He, he, will, he will be tempted. He will be a man. He will be tempted. He, he, will, he will go through life as a real person. But he will come up roses, not just in every day, but in every second, every minute, and every hour, and every 24-7, this this God-man is resilient to the temptations of the world. In fact, when Satan said, you can have all this, all the kingdoms of the world, man, even if you just threw yourself off there, the angels would collect you and look, just show yourself to be that sort of God. No, he was absolutely resilient to doing only what God said him to. So he didn't fall for fame. He didn't fall for power. He didn't fall for glory, his own personal glory, as mankind does. He was resilient, and he became this spiritually glorified person. The Word became flesh. Jesus. Is this good? And that's who we look to. We look to Jesus. At the end of the day, we can only do so much looking to a pastor a, a church or whatever, but at the, at, it's Jesus that we've got to keep our eyes on. And I want to make this one point, okay. Before Bethlehem, it was a bit confusing. Um, God worked in shadows and God revealed himself through theophanies and we know the story. Jesus turned up on certain occasions even. Joshua, I think, he looked behind him, he was just about to take Jericho, and he sees behind him a man with a sword drawn. Happened to be Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Jacob wrestled with the angel. They say that was another theophany, that was Jesus. Jesus turned up in visions with Isaiah, Jeremiah, and, uh, but when they saw him, they were changed forever. One, one glimpse of his glory and you'll be never the same again. Just one glimpse of His glory, and you'll be never the same again. It's a powerful thing. So, but when Jesus came, when, when the, our Lord and Savior was born in Bethlehem, um, 
he was on display. God was on display. When they were looking at that baby, they were looking at, at God. They were looking at God. God had come in flesh. And God was going to live a life that was going to give him this experience of what life is really like. And that's what I want to talk about for a few moments. Is that cool? I want to talk about Jesus is a, is a God of understanding. I want to use the scripture. I hope you've got your Bibles. Here we go. You ready? Praise God. I want to use the scripture. I've given a lot of scriptures to the team there. And uh, unfortunately, guys, I'll be chopping and changing. But the message is called The Word Became Flesh. Okay, let's do this because we're warm. And, uh, but we need to do something spiritually. We need, to, we need to resolve something in this day. And I believe there's going to be a divine transaction in your life as we get through this message. Okay? Um, John 1.14 says, and John <laughs> tells the Christmas story here, not with the manger, the Bethlehem, the shepherds or the angels, nor Herod. He just simplic the simplicity and the beauty of, of John's uh, version is just this. John 1.14 says this, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Did you get that? So the Word means, the Word means this, revelation and an expression of God, the Word. The Word is supposed to be ingested I'll say that word again and then we're supposed to manifest that word and that is our life living in the context of our great God and in that the word becoming flesh in us also enables the world to see God in us amen talk about that more a little later until the first Christmas Jesus God's revelation of himself was mostly hidden up to that time, Jesus was hidden in the shadows of the Old Testament as God himself also was hidden, saying this, Jeremiah 29, verse 13. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart, Jeremiah 29, 13. So in the Old Testament, God is hidden. Christ is hidden, in fact, until Bethlehem, the word was unseen, unrevealed, and unexplained. Do you like that? The, God himself just was quite, he, he, he was just not quite available. He was a little bit nebulous maybe. We just couldn't get a handle on who God was before Christ came. But when Jesus came, the cat's out of the bag. He, he, he's most explicit in who, in, in, in who he is as God and if we saw Jesus, we saw God. If we understood who, who Jesus was, we understood God. If we touched Jesus, we touched God. Jesus is the reason for the season. At the first Christmas, God in Christ, the hidden word, steps out of the shadows of the Old Testament and says, Here am I. I love that. Here am I. So what does Christmas mean? It, it means this. It means the word made manifest. 
It means the Word of God explained. It means the Word of God understandable. It means God has presented Himself in no uncertain terms. The, the thing I want to talk about is, is this. Jesus became flesh. He lived a real life. And so that means that He understands us. That that means that Jesus at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, understands our whole deal called life. Mm, okay. When it says, when it says this, um, okay, chopping and changing now. When it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, dwelt actually means he set up his tent. He set up his tent. In Revelations 21 verse 3, um, it says this, concerning the eternal heavens and the new earth, it, it says this, Behold the dwelling, the tent of God is with man. He will dwell, pitch his tent with them, and they shall be his people. I don't know about you, but where I go camping um, and set up <laughs> our caravan and our tent, when we do, we have to get real nitty-gritty with that community. It's a secret place we go. I won't mention where it is. But it's a busy little place of about 500 people, I guess. And uh, a lot of tents right near the beach. Lots of caravans. Lots of kids running around. Lots of people doing life together. Amen? Uh, cold showers, but real toilets. Thank you, Jesus. Better than the ones in Thailand, even. Um, when, it says, when it says this, Christ coming to dwell with us, it means he, he is setting up his tent to tabernacle with us, they would say in Bible college. Meaning that he didn't come in a palace with walls around it. See, when I'm at my house, I've got a big fence around it, got a good strong front door. You're going to be finding it hard to get to me in that house, trust me. Jesus didn't come in a palace. He didn't come in a fortified city. He came in a tent. When I go to, when I go to this place, this camping ground, I, I, I gotta, it's a bit of a shock at first because you've got to go feral. Uh, Julie doesn't put all the makeup on there. Some people think that Julie wears makeup all the time, but she doesn't at this camping site. Her hair just goes all ratty and uh, she goes ratty. No. <laughs> we, we get around. My hair is not gelled like it is now. Uh, we, you know, and Jesus is, it, the word of God is implying by saying this, that he is coming to hang out with humanity. He's coming to camp out at the backyard of humanity. Amen. Like we did with Julie's sister in 95, when Rodney Howard Brown, the world round, world renowned evangelist came. We didn't have any money. We had young family, uh, but we knew we had to go see this man of God. We couldn't afford a hotel, we couldn't afford anything else, but to ask Julie's sister, who lived on the North Shore, if we could camp in her very small backyard on the northern beaches. You want to camp in our backyard, she says, in her posh voice. 
yeah, yeah, we'd love to. Look, we won't bother you. Just need you to use your outside toilet and maybe the shower and maybe sit at your table, maybe use your fridge. And so, so Jesus is actually in the same, same league right there. He's got to do life. He's got to work. He's got to hang out. He's got to mix it up with the community. Jesus is not a monk. He doesn't hang out in a, in a synagogue all the time. He's a carpenter. He takes a lunchbox and the tools to work. Jesus living a real life. He understands us. He understands you and your necessity to go to work and do business. He understands Andrew's world of crunching business. Well, I want 10 bucks for this chair. And someone says, I'll give you eight bucks. No, no, you don't understand. I want 10. Andrew does, you know. So God, Jesus, Jesus, the Bible says, the Bible says this, that God, hang on, we're getting somewhere. That God, the father, Psalm 103, verse 14 that God the Father, He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we are dust. Meaning He knows us. God, the, It's undisputed. Anyone would know that God knows us, wouldn't it? When I say, does God know you? Of course He does. But if I say, God the Father, does He know you and feel what you're going through? Jesus went through life. He went through life, live life, tabernacled with us, set up a camp, a tent in humanity and did life. He went to the cold showers. He, he, he did life. He ate. He, he's hang, he gets hot. He gets hot. It gets cold. He's, got, he, he's not like Superman who's impervious to, to all, you know, well, he is like Superman because Superman's based off the life of Jesus, uh, if, if you didn't know that. But Jesus lived, he understands what it means to be anguished by life. But then as you get to the end of his life, he understands the horrors of life. To be betrayed. To be unjustly scourged. Brutalized. By the powers to be. He, he knows what it means to be shot down, so to speak for just being a good person, an innocent person. He understands that. He understands the people in, help me, Connecticut, is it? New, Newington. He, he understands what's going on there. And, and that place needs Jesus right now. They need to know that, that God knows their situation, but Jesus feels for them. Here it is here. Hebrews 4.15 for we have not an, an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. See, there's di different functions in the Godhead. There's different functions. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have different personalities even. Different functions. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding for you. He's interceding for the school and the mothers and, the, and all the families because he feels for them. He understands them. It's the word made flesh. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Whew. Okay. Hebrews 7.25 says it like this concerning the word becoming flesh 
Jesus is able to save them to the uttermost that come into God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. The connotation there is that Jesus can understand and save anyone. He understands the people in prisons. He understands single people. He understands every type of person. I love this scripture also, Romans 8.34, talks about Jesus being like us. It says, who is he that condemneth? Is it Christ that died? Rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Meaning that Jesus understands us. It's not, Jesus is not condemning us. Jesus is constant. Jesus is absolutely understanding our whole situation of life. All the predicaments, all the nonsense, all the calamity, all the, all the terrible news. that he, he feels and he understands that because the word became flesh. I love that notion. What about you? Jesus, for me, is a little bit like my big brother. Father God is Father, authoritative. He knows me. Oh, he knows me. But Jesus is like, come here. I understand what you're going through. You know, I don't know if you had a big brother or a big sister like that. and Your parents got mad with you. And then it was your, your big brother or sister that consoled you. You're not, you know what I mean? Hey, it's all right. Jessie's like that. She is. She, she consoles the other, my other daughters, her sisters. She feels for them. She's a feeler. She's a feeler. The Word became flesh. Father God, this morning, I pray, man, I pray this, that we would that we would become flesh in the sense of we would manifest the word. I don't know about you, but I've got this image too. Okay, now I'm... You know, like Mary, you know, Gabriel, the angel came to Mary and you're going to have a son, Jesus, Savior of the world. How's that going to happen? It's cool. We're going to, you know, supernaturally impregnate you with the seed of God. And uh, you're going to give birth to a saviour. It's going to be a saviour of the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, be it unto me according to your will. I don't know about you, but when I got saved and received the seed, the incorruptible seed of the word of God, when I got saved, I just had this propensity to, to want to be careful of that. I think almost overnight I gave up some vices. I started to be wary of not spoiling. You know, I used to say to Julie, am I showing yet? You know, can you, can you see me? Okay. And then after about six months of attending church, man, I was out here, man. Just go, wow, look at, look at Phil, man. What's the story with him? Ah, oh, he got saved in that meeting, man, yeah. Got impregnated by seed of life. Ah, oh, he's one of those born-agains. He's one of those born-again Christians. Oh, wow, so what's happening? Oh, 
he's giving birth to, to the real him. It might take nine months, but he'll give birth. The word will become flesh. The word will become flesh. And he will give birth to the real him. The real, you know, it might take a while to come out of that cocoon. But, but Phil is, is actually giving birth. And I, you know, I'm just speaking prophetically, of course. You're getting a handle of this? I hope so. You know, I can see all the youth getting around. They, they're all, they're just being impregnated. By, but they're not, they've got to be so careful that they allow the full period of, of allowing the, the word to become flesh. I have no problem with people who don't, are not seen to be, I, I know we, we know some people in our lives that, in the youth group and so forth, um, that are not seen as the personification of the word of God. They're not, because Jesus was full of God. There was no element of sin and, and he was able to, it showed us humanity, flesh, was able to carry the glory of God. Did you know that? God proved that we can carry the fullness of the glory of God and we can handle it. Our flesh can handle more of God. It's not like she can't take any more Scotty, you know, any more of God. She, you know, stop, stop taking in the word. Stop having people pray for you. She can't, this, this old ship can't take it, man. No, you can be fully, because it actually says it in the word, and I'll prove it tonight, that we can be filled with the fullness of God. And I've seen people like that. I've seen some scary dudes who are totally full of God. Tommy Teeny and, and the God Chasers, the guy that wrote the God Chase book. I saw him down in Sydney. That guy's scary, scary God. He's just emanating. Rodney Howard Brown is another one. Just emanating God. When you come in contact with people, you realize this stuff can work. You can emanate the glory of God. Yeah. Can I just have that scripture, that first one that I put up? Thanks, Tim. And I'm nearly done now because that's all God's allowed me to say. The word became flesh. That is my prayer for you. That the word of God, your salvation that you believe in, that I pray that it too would become flesh. That when people come into this church next Sunday, that they would see God through your flesh. Whew, am I making sense? Yeah. That, 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 okay. And made his dwelling among us. God is with us. God is in you. We have seen his we. Now this we business, I'm going to explain it tonight, was the ones like John who wrote the scripture, but were like the other close ones, the other apostles. But we, those ones who are intimate with Jesus, not just going to church on Sunday and saying, and living an, another life, and, or going to the synagogue and living another life, but these we that, that loved Jesus, saw Jesus for who he was, this we have seen his glory is where it's at. That's, that's, the others didn't get it. The Pharisees, the rulers, the lawyers, they didn't see God, Jesus' glory. Amen? They did not see his glory. They just thought he was a religious nut. But isn't it beautiful? Now put up your hand if you've seen the glory of the Lord. If you just know that he's far more than just a Christmas card. 
A baby in a manger, so cute, so nice. You can come up now. <laughs> that he is God brilliant. Glory means um, honor, majesty. That Jesus was expressing the purity and the immensity of all honor and all glory and majesty to the Father. He was the perfect representation of the Father. Do you know what I mean? So when people saw him, they went, oh my God, this is the purest representation of the Word of God, of the Word of God that we've ever seen. This is the purest representation of God that we've ever seen. And so the disciples said, we, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, meaning God, who came from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. I want to tease out tonight about grace and truth. I want to tease about what grace is, the immensity of grace. And, and um, the law couldn't get us to heaven. The law fell short. The law proved that humanity could not reach God through obeyance to, a, to a regulations and rules. And grace, and do you know what grace is? Grace is just, even if you're a serial killer and, and, and you're just horrible and nasty and, and you are hanging off a cliff and you're calling out for help, that that the grace would walk up to that person and reach down. And even if that person spat in their face, and even if that person cussed them out, and even if that person cursed them, grace would reach down and pull them up. Grace, full of grace and truth. But grace is even much more than that. Let's stand, God bless you. Father in heaven. Lord, we want to pray um, for Connecticut, the school, tragedy. Lord, we want to pray that Father God, that you would come to, is it Newton or New Newton or Newton? Help me. Newton, Connecticut, New Newton, I think it is. I want to read this out. It's from John Piper, I think. Hebrews 4.15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize. I'll say that again. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, but one who in every respect has been tested as we are. Mass murder is why Jesus came into the world the way he did. What kind of savior do we need when our hearts are shredded by brutal loss? We need a suffering savior. We need a savior who has tasted the cup of horror we are being forced to drink. And that is how he came. He knew that this world, he knew what this world needed. Not a comedian, not a sports hero, not a movie star, not a political genius, not a doctor, not even a pastor. The world needed what no mere man could be. The world needed a suffering sovereign. Mere suffering would not do. Mere sovereignty would not do. The one is not strong enough to save. The other is not weak enough to sympathize. 
So he came as who he was, the compassionate king, the crushed conqueror, the lamb-like lion, the suffering sovereign. And now he comes to Newington, Connecticut. And I love this. Perfected through suffering. Hated by the proud, demonized by the strong. Willingly poor, a man of sorrows and acquitted with grief. Planning to be crushed, despised and rejected, ready to be wounded, submissive like a lamb led to the slaughter, enduring anguish, poured out in death, risen to help. The God who draws near to Newington is the suffering, sympathetic God, man, Jesus Christ. No one can feel what he has felt. No one can love like he can love. No one else can heal like he can heal. And no one else can save like he can save. Father, this morning, we just want to say thank you for this amazing reality of what Christmas means to us that you have come in the flesh that you live at the right hand of the Father that you intercede for us that you understand us that you know us and so right now Lord God we cry out we cry out for the fact that dear God people need you you're a God of understanding you're a God that that comes into our life and comes to our life with immense grace immense understanding and so right now, we just pray, Lord God, for those families, those children, that Lord Jesus, that you would come to, let's all pray right now, that you would come to them right now in the powerful, wonderful name of our Savior, Lord Jesus. Let your glory, let your power, let your Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you for the, thank you for the gift of Christmas. Thank you for the gift. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and the saints say, Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ for all our days.